The Washington Wizards own pick number eight and pick number 42 and 59 in the 2023 NBA draft. We're going to continue our draft process going over the selections that the Washington Wizards couldn't make at those positions. We're going to get to all that and more right after this. Welcome to the number one place for your daily basketball news and analysis, NBA Central. What's going on, basketball fans? Welcome to another episode of NBA Central. I'm one of the hosts here, Hayes. You can hold down for me at CEO Hayes if you want to follow me on any social media platform. You can also send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, NBA Central Show at gmail.com. But let's go ahead and get into it today, right? Washington Wizards. This was another team that's kind of interesting to gauge, right? Especially with the most recent news that came out late yesterday that the Washington Wizards are expected to go full rebuild here within the next year or so. So what does that mean for the Washington Wizards and what they do in this year's draft? Do they go high upside? Do they even look at somebody who could fit next to Bradley Bill and what they have going down there? Or do they look at a player to just get the best available because this roster may be completely blown up within the next 12 months? When you look at the free agents coming up for the Washington Wizards, you have Christoph Przingis, Kyle Kuzma, Kendrick Nunn, Todd Gibson, and Jay Huff all being uh, free agents uh, this upcoming uh, offseason with the Washington Wizards. So if they are going full rebuild, we could see signing trades to send those players out, or maybe the, the Wizards do sign those players to then look to move them for assets later down the road. Now, how does what does that all mean for this year's draft? I really don't know. It's kind of hard to gauge what the Washington Wizards are going to do. So overall, we're going to look at some of the best prospects for them at number eight. And first up, I'm going to bring for them is Anthony Black. When you look at him, potentially point guard, shooting guard, maybe even going out to the small forward eventually in his career. Somebody who has great leaping ability, can get out in transition as an athlete with it, with an NBA ready-made body right now um, and is ready to go. He has NBA explosiveness that jump out the gym athleticism right away. Yes, working with, with NBA teams and the training program in the NBA, you look to him to add to his body, become more comfortable as well. And if you become uh, more of a, of a playmaker than what he already is, which is one of his greatest assets, you can look at playing him at almost any position. Four assists per game as a freshman, right? And he's an unselfish player who is, is focused more on making the right play than being flashy, even with his athleticism. I like Anthony Black a lot as a prospect overall. He's not going to work for every team, but he's, he's a smart enough player with a high enough basketball IQ on how to use the physical tools in front of him that you can get him and he can be your lead playmaker at some point. And then if that shot starts coming along, listen, it, it, it can it can open up the door for him even more, right? The way he gets out in transition, great. The way he moves with a head of steam and in the open court and operating with space, it's great. He finishes plays, and if you put a smaller guard against him, he is going to feast on you every single time, right? And when you look at his 50% three-point, uh, uh, 50% field goal percentage inside the three-point arc, there's enough there for you to look at him and say, hey, that shooting, that confidence, the scoring-wise, we think that's going to come around. And if his scoring comes to even be about 80% of what his defense can be at times, you're, you're getting a player that is going to be a nice two-way player for you. He's an excellent defender, um, able to guard point guard through the small forward position, and is as, as he gains more experience as a pro as well and the game slows down for him, you're looking at him being possibly one of the more versatile defenders out on that point guard slash wing position. Now, there are some questions about his toughness. There are some questions also about the leadership. Uh, so that's something you may want to look at, especially if you're a team like the Washington Wizards that may be going full rebuild here, shorter, shorter rather than later, if the rumors are to be correct. And he, while he's not 
hugely explosive. His smoothness and how he does it is great. He's not a natural scorer by any stretch, right? So he looks to facilitate first, but he can be a scorer. And I think the upside scoring-wise is where you want to look at the most promise for him and try to get there. He struggles as a shooter. He's a 30% uh, three-point uh, field goal shooting percentage. He only takes about 2.8 per game. He doesn't get great elevation on his shot either, which you could coach that up and you could look at, hey, if you can work on those mechanics, maybe he can be an even better shooter. Doesn't have a go-to mid-range game either. He primarily tries to get out and get to the rim. But I, like I said, he's a, he's a facilitator first. And as that offense, and especially if you get the right coaching staff and development staff around him, you can you can get be get great great production out of Anthony Black long term. Next up for them, Jerace Walker is another one that I want to talk about. 6'8", 225 pounds, seven two wingspan. This dude just shapes up to be the modern day four or small ball five in some scenarios. And considering what the Washington Wizards may be losing or again moving on at some point, they could take a look at Jerace Walker now. I'm not going to say that he is a for sure prospect for them just because of if they do decide to re-sign the players they have outright and maybe keep one or two of them, Kuzma is going to be a big question there. But Jerace Walker, if they do move on from Kyle Kuzma, be it through signing trade, trading a year down the road, whatever it is, Jerace Walker is ready to step in and be that for a modern-day four for the Washington Wizards for a long term. Very uh, versatile to player on both sides of the ball, which is great. Um, he can guard. A, a lot of a lot of positions as well. Some some of the quicker wings may give him a little bit of issue, but especially if they kind of try to come in, into the post, he can definitely guard them. When he drives to the basket, it's amazing, and he knows how to use his frame to get defenders off that body and still be able to finish through contact. He has he, the ju- the jump shot has shown enough promise. You think that he can turn into a, a a solid player from the three point line, and because of that, with that jump shot again, a modern day stretch four potentially well just four in general because he's 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 good at power and rebounding as well too one of the biggest issues with him as far as the rebounding game he's a little bit better right now as a defensive rebounder more so than an offensive rebounder but again he still takes that ability when you look at how he can stretch the floor as well the lateral quickness that's going to be a little bit of an issue for him especially if you do try to stick him on perimeter players or he gets caught on switches he get, he could be uh, exposed a little bit in areas like that he needs to tighten up his ball handling too but overall, I really like him as a prospect overall on this uh, this Washington Wizards team as well. Next up, Azura Thompson. Same thing I've been saying about the guy. Just raw athleticism. Every bit of the physical tool that you can look for. Sometimes maybe even too unselfish and doesn't look to score. But when you get out in an open court, if you're going to be a fast team, if they do end up going young and rebuild, Azura Thompson, to, to be able to you know be, develop as that wing long term there, could be a good one uh, for him. He doesn't uh, always have plays drawn up for him, right? And because he's operated and learned how to score without having plays drawn up for him, I think that actually bodes well for him better at the next level because if you do get a player that's more ball dominant, right, that has that that commands the ball a little bit more, Azure Thompson's going to be a player that finds out and finds his way to be effective there anyway. And defensively, listen, you ain't got nothing to worry about defensively with either of the Thompson, Thompson twins. And you can really insert either one of them here if one does fall for, for the Washington Wizards, and what they bring defensively, what they bring in getting out in transition, what they bring in being able to finish and being unselfish players, I love all that from the Thompson Twins. Now, again, with, with like we're saying a lot about these young players, he can rely on his athleticism a lot. But again, when you are kind of, you have that, you're, you are clearly the best, best athlete, especially going through high school, you can absolutely kind of understand that at times. 
but you're going to want to teach him to, to the, 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 the refined part of the game over time, right? Come over time. There's a lot of players that come in and initially they really rely on their athleticism, but as that basketball IQ improves, as they are around more veterans, have coaching staff that coaches them up, things like that, you can see that basketball IQ really develop. He's not a natural scorer at all, like I said, because he doesn't really look uh, to do that. He looks to create uh, for others, and he's not as good as creating for himself off the dribble, dribble and things like that. And his jump shot, it needs some work. It needs some work in both the, the release the release quickness, the quickness of the release, and the spot he releases at on his jump. He kind of releases it at a weird spot in that in that jumping motion. So if you can, fi- if you can finish that um, and, and fix that in this game, you're getting a hell of a prospect. Also, a 65% free throw shooter, and with his athleticism, you can absolutely see him getting to the free throw line a lot. So you definitely want to work on that of his game, too. If you can get him to be a more consistent free throw shooter, it can definitely help him a lot as well. Other kind of players that they could look at in this range, Nick Smith is another one, the point guard out of Arkansas. I haven't talked about a lot, but he's another one that you can absolutely look at. A teammate with Anthony Black that, you know, it could be looked at as maybe a reach, but I like Nick Smith overall. He's 6'5", uh, what he can me- mean as a guard on that next level, that point guard. Uh, he's similar to kind of Jamal Crawford, if you want to look at it there. Combo guard. So that, again, if they draft him and want to try to pair him with Bradley Bill, could be something weird there. But if they do are looking at this more long term and eventually do plan a full rebuild, having a Nick Smith in there as a selection for them as well isn't necessarily terrible. I, I like him overall. He has some issues and weaknesses with his frame. He needs to get stronger. He doesn't finish around the rim always as consistently. He's a good athlete, but isn't explosive either Nick Smith. And he shoots well from mid-range, and he's respectable from that three-point range, but you need to kind of coach him up a little bit in that as well. So Nick Smith's another one. Now, as far as with the Washington Wizards' second-round picks, they pick at number 42 and number 59. There's a number of prospects. The second round is always kind of Hard to judge. That's why I'm not really covering the second round for a lot of teams that have multiple picks in the first round. But the Washington Wizards, because they pick at number 41, they probably, in my mind, you want to go either high upside or maybe a senior at that level. And because they may be going full rebuild, you may not want to look at that. We're going to go international here for them. And I'm just going to cover one prospect in the second round for them. But James Najee, center, uh, out of Nigeria. This guy, especially, they end up moving on. Now, he's not going to be one of those centers that are a threat to necessarily stretch the floor, but he's a mobile center. He's athletic. He he, he projects to be able to guard a lot of positions, uh, protect that rim as well. He's bouncy, solid leaper for him as well. He has a wingspan of seven, seven, and seven, uh, seven feet, seven inches. So that's another thing you want to look at. But amazing finisher around the rim. You can see him being used as the role man in a pick-and-roll scenario. He wants to dunk everything meaning if he gets a rebound if he gets anything he is going to try to dunk it on your head he fights well after loose balls he's a really good rebounder those are the things you want to you want to look at as far as positives for him he's extremely raw extremely extremely raw and that's why I kind of go here with the second round because while he may not be able to come in and really give you much day one after being drafted if you have time to develop him down in the G League uh, for a year or so, come up, you could get a really nice, and I don't know if you're going to ever project him to be a starter level center, but you can get a solid center in that place that can be able to really, really give you something for years and years to come on defense, rebounding. If you're a big man that can do that, as well as you have athleticism and run, even though he's not projected to be a shooter at any level, you can find teams that can work you in, right? 
also doesn't have any type of range on the shot. So jump shooting for him, almost completely out. His mechanics are bad. There's a lot of that. If a team is able to coach him to even have a respectable 10-foot jump shot, they've done an amazing job. So that's kind of some of the 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 the, the negatives and positives on a player like James Naji. Again, a, one that I like as well for the Washington Wizards to possibly do something with. I just don't, again, it's harder to gauge because I don't know what this Washington Wizards team is going to be looking at in this team. I mean, in this draft, especially if they're going to be looking to move on. And then as far as the 59th pick, at that point, it's kind of hard. You may go international again. There's some. There's a player from Serbia they could look at in that area as well, but it's kind of hard to gauge. But that's kind of my thoughts on the Washington Wizards draft. If you're a Wizards fan, please let me know what you guys think of that. Do you think there's any other prospects they could be interested in, either in the first or the second round? Let me know all that down below. But otherwise, you can follow the show at NBA Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, NBA Central Show at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, 773-270-2799. We're out, and I'll see you guys the next time I feel like making a video. Prior to tomorrow. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media.